Welcome to episode 201 of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast. This show was recorded on Monday, 8th of October, 2018. The Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast is brought to you by Jensen USA, where you'll always find a great selection of products at amazing prices with unparalleled customer service. For more information, just go to jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. Hey everybody, it's David from the Fredcast Cycling Podcast at www.thefredcast.com. I'm one of the hosts and producers of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable Podcast. For show notes, links, and all sorts of other information, please visit our website at www.the-spokesmen.com. And now, here are the Spokesmen. Hi there, and welcome to episode 201 of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast. I'm Colton Reed of, well, more of that in a moment. Uh, and and the, the person who's laughing there, and, and he, I guess he, no, well, he does know why, 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 uh, why I kind of like left a bit of a, a, an ellipsis there, uh, is today's guest, and that's uh, Jim Moss of Colorado. Hello there, Jim. Hi, Colton. How are you? I, I am doing very fine today. Thank you, Jim. It's just me and you on uh, the show, but I would like to actually start the show by talking about the last episode, or if I'm speaking posh, the last episode. So it was a roundup show uh, from the past 11 years of The Spokesman. You were on it, Jim. Oh. You've been on the well, show for quite some time. There's highs and lows of everything, and... and uh... We'll go from there. <laughs> did you? Uh, I'm, I, I could have asked this before we came on air, and this is how embarrassing if you say no. But did you listen to, to show two hundred? <laughs> oh crap! <laughs> no, I haven't yet. I'm sorry, Jim. That you, you're struck off the show. You realise that, don't you? Uh oh. <laughs> you mean you didn't even go into the show and fast forward to your bit? I'm impressed. Uh, well, the last part I'd like to really listen to is me. Um, I mean, everybody that you had on it, I skimmed it, um, but everybody you had on it, I was, was much more interested in listening to them to rehear my foibles in life. So, Well, you were on the show, put it that way, um, as, as were, um, I think we've had like 120 guests over the 11 years, uh, one of whom we'll talk about um, uh, towards the uh, 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 the end of the show we, we briefly talked about him a second ago jim but uh, we'll go into that when we get into the governs of uh, the show so uh, as jim was laughing at the top there and because i didn't say i was from bike biz uh, uh today uh, which is uh, of course is, is my normal odd uh, intro i'm, I'm going to play you something That was me, uh, Jim. Uh, I, was, I, I won Transport Journalist of the Year. I know. In, uh, in Congratulations. Well, well, thank you. So that was in the Press Gazette's British Journalism Awards for Specialist Media, uh, that little snippet that uh, I, I played you there. And so also up for gongs on that night uh, in London, about two weeks ago now, was Jeremy Clarkson. So I was in pretty good company. Now, I... 
personally kind of liked getting the award. Of course, I like getting it because I got an award. That's that's sweet. But it really felt good to kind of win it for cycling. Yes. Because it was transport. It wasn't, you know, a cycling. I wasn't getting best cycling journalist uh, of the year in that, that thing. I, I won for transport. So I was very proud of myself for actually smuggling cycling into a, 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 a transport category. Now, it didn't take long, actually, after the award ceremony uh, before I was contacted by a number of mainstream outlets, which I guess is what awards do for you and i'm now well, they, a contributor they, they let the rest of the world know how great you are the cycling industry is known now the rest of the world knows that's very sweet of you to say <laughs> i'm sure lots of other people would disagree with you there in the cycling industry I, i'm kind of like i'm loved and hated in equal measure i'd say anyway hey, so you're, I'm, I'm, you're not an attorney <laughs> you know? this is true. yeah like that's one of the oldest professions isn't it like that prosecution and uh, so I'm now a transport contributor for a, a, a well for a magazine that I'm sure Jim you'll have heard about because you're an American and that's the American business website uh, Forbes.com, um, which of course uh, is the website for I think it's a hundred years old. Forbes oh, magazine. Yeah, I actually subscribe to Forbes. Uh huh. So I look forward to reading your stuff. Yeah, I mean it's a extremely well respected. Um, economic and and news magazine mostly business news um but yeah extremely well respected um founded by malcolm ford well malcolm ford's father i think Mm. grandfather even um and then his son i think it's steve ford's is is currently running it but it's got a a stellar history i mean it's just it's in the top 10 as far as i mean they don't make mistakes the reporting's excellent um, oh, well, that'll change. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. But, but that, in, that in, changed from last week. That did that. Yeah. In my opinion, it's a little bit uh, to the right, um, but mm. that may pr- probably mean I'm way too far to the left nowadays, or something. Um, well, it's got the billionaires list, isn't it? That's what it's famous for. Yes. It's like yes. it's uh, you know, in the UK we've got the Sunday Times rich list, but in America you've got the Forbes magazine billionaires list. Yeah, one thousand, yeah. the whole bit. And, and oh, yeah. of course, w- with our current disaster in Washington going on, that, you know, Forbes now is, is up in front because they keep moving him down the list and he keeps screaming bloody murder. So I think it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. So it's great. I mean, Carlton, that's a real honor. It really is, truly. Well, it's, it's not the only magazine I'm going to be writing for, and I'm not writing for them full-time or anything. Um, and it's for it's for the, the website, not the, the magazine. I've got to stress that. Yeah. But- uh, however, it is, it is again, it's, it's cycling into a mainstream, you know, so I, 30-odd years of journalism, I've, I've been talking to fellow travelers, really. But here I can now talk to people. So I've got to start explaining what derailleurs are. <laughs> you know, so in, in my first article about e-bikes, I actually did a whole paragraph on the history and effect of of derailleurs and why you know derailleurs make it easier to cycle. So that's why e-bikes aren't cheating. In effect, you know, it's just another way of making it easier to cycle, as is getting a tailwind, that kind of stuff. So that that's where my first article came from. So I have got to explain terms that when I talk to me and you, Jim, and when I write normally, I don't have to explain what a cargo bike is i don't have to explain what an electric bike is but to this new audience i actually feel as i have to actually explain stuff uh to an audience that probably doesn't know cycling 
uh, even exists. So that, that's kind of good to be writing for that audience, to tell the truth. It is awesome. I also think that uh, derailleurs probably, but I'm not so sure the e-bikes, you're going to have to explain too much. Um, they mm -hmm. have exploded here in the U.S. also. Mm-hmm. And they are saying, that's a good segue actually, Jim, they are saving the, the bike trade's bacon in, in many ways, our electric bikes. However, despite the fact that there are 25% tariffs uh, on e-bikes now because of the Trump administration slapping that on, and that is absolutely going to stove in a whole bunch of electric bike people, before that, e-bikes were saving people in the bike industry. But it does seem and this is my segue into this particular link, Jim, it does seem the industry is suffering because the trade magazine, Bicycle Retailer, doesn't appear to be doing fantastically well. So it does look, I mean, I, I'm assuming you get the paper issue, Jim. I you do. Get the paper so it's getting quite thin. So just before Interbike, it got a bit thicker, but it's not anywhere near as thick as it, it, it really ought to be. If it was a robust and healthy industry so do you know what's happening at bicycle really do you know what's happening with the industry at large in the u.s what's going on there well i had a long conversation with mark sawney at the demo at interbike uh almost a half hour probably the longest conversation i've ever had with mark um and i mark was brought in uh almost overnight um he got approval from everybody involved and is back at the helm uh, of bicycle retailer industry news or brain as we call it um, and is is basically working for free almost um, to turn the magazine around um, he promoted Steve Frothingham um, to editor again as Steve said he had that job in 95 96 and now he's back mm -hmm. um, and he's he wants to turn the magazine into um, or, or the whole the whole concept of brain back into an aggressive let's go out and find out what's going on uh, publication. Um, he's can they do it though without the money? Because clearly, I mean, I, I, you gave us these links. But I'm not too sure if we ever discussed it, Jim. But you gave the links about the, um, the how the uh, bicycle retailer has been suffering from ownership issues. Yes, and money disappearing because of ownership issues so will they actually have the money to be able to do this aggressive journalism yes they will because obvious walking around and talking to them they were all a little nervous about their jobs um you know and and you heard that you know yeah if we're here tomorrow type of you know response every once in a while um but mark's also known in the industry as one who takes care of these people as much as he can and i'm sure that more than anything he's just saying We've already got the staff on board that can do it. He swore no more press releases. He says we're not going to republish a press release, which I think is obvious and awesome. Um, if you don't understand the magazine journalism world, 90% of what's printed in a lot of the consumer magazines is just the press release put out by the person selling it. So there's no real uh, research or, or journalism done in a lot of magazines anymore. Um, so, so Mark has sworn off those again, uh, and I look forward to seeing what's going to happen. Um, he said, if I find something, uh, send him an, an idea, you know, something, some interesting legal things, it's going to shake up the world. That's what he wants brain to become again. 
um, so that the industry does find out what's going on in the cycling world. Um, now, just to, re- just to recap a little bit, uh, for people who don't know Mark and don't know the, the magazine, it was founded, uh, it was, it was I think. Bill Tandler. Yep. And Mark Sarney. So Mark Sarney was a, a, a background in newspaper publishing, as virtually all the, 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 the brain writers uh, have tended to be, and you know, editors have, have all come from a newspaper background. Um, um, so he, he founded it with, with Bill, and this is back in the 90s. So Mark founded this a long, long time ago. He then stepped backwards, became kind of publisher only, and then even stepped backwards from that. Megan Tompkins was there doing the day to day editorial. And then now, and maybe it's because of the problems they had with the ownership issues. So Mark has now come back in to that role he had a number of years ago and is appointing people who, again, have been with the magazine uh, for quite some time. But I know for a fact that the industry is suffering. It's hemorrhaging cash at the moment for all sorts of reasons. And you just see that when you look at the trade magazine so you just you want to see the health of a, an industry you go to the main trade magazine and you flick through its pages if it's thin well that's not good i, I think it is that thin would have been a true statement 20 years ago um we all looked at the number of pages and went something's going on because they're getting smaller and eventually the magazine faded away I think that just because the magazine today is getting thin doesn't necessarily mean that the industry is hurting as bad as that is because look at what you and I are doing right now, podcasts. You know, this is one of the new ways of communicating about an industry. Um, websites, uh, YouTube videos. Don't, don't make much money doing that. <laughs> really? <laughs> don't make, and YouTube, you don't make much money on doing YouTube videos. Or doing podcasts, but, but the, this is a big but, wage they need to get every month. They can't do I'm, that with with YouTube videos. They need the paid advertising the in the magazine. But people are not spending their money in ad buys anymore. They're they're putting them on. But if they're not, Jim, if they're not spending they're their a, money in ad buys, I mean, paper they're ad buys. They're doing it with banner headlines podcast advertising other other forms of media that don't necessarily require the the printing press and a piece of paper um i mean i get most of my i so i get brains email no uh, headlines and i get brains um weekly roundup of stuff and i get the magazine other than a few articles in the magazine, everything I've seen already before in the individual emails, the email roundup at the end of the week or whenever it comes out is mm. already been rehashed and read. And the magazine, there's just a few things that are left that I haven't seen. Um, the world moves too quickly today um, mm. for just you know waiting on the news to finally get to you. People want it today. So maybe... So that they, again, I'll go a bit of a history here. So they were set up, when they set up in the, in the mid-90s, potentially even late 80s, it's quite a long time ago anyway, there was, there was a magazine called Bicycle Dealer Showcase, which was a feature magazine. So it was big into, you know, how to 
merchandise your shop, all that kind of stuff. Brain came in as a very much a news magazine. This is like almost a daily um, newspaper, but it came out monthly. And as you, as you just rightly pointed out there, Jim, that's not how we get our news anymore. So they have got to radically transform their model. They can't be doing news in a monthly magazine anymore. It's got to be a dense features, yeah? Yeah. And, and the magazine needs to explore those things that aren't just a, a immediate rehash. Ta-da, this announcement came out. This is what we need to write about in the announcement. And an hour later, you hit send and the world gets it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what Mark's looking at is, is the in-depth, hard-hitting, let's take more than 20 minutes to rewrite the press release and to the, to the trade that they need to know that you just can't get immediately, you know, online anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things I thought about pitching to them is IPOs. A lot of companies keep thinking they want to do IPOs, and yet most of them end up being disasters. You know, well, the industry, it's not an email address. That's um, a serious look at why IPOs fail, you know, mm. especially in the outdoor industry. Yeah. Why do they fail? Well, in the outdoor industry, <laughs> because they've got no- uh, the, the outdoor industry is so seasonal and, and half the United States bike mm. sales disappear um, about this time of year. And we don't we don't sell any more bikes for a while because, you know, it's too cold to ride. Um, is that does that make it a passion industry so people who are coming into this industry and thinking they're going to make a a million bucks well they're not because it's a passion industry and you've got to be really really keen on bikes to actually persevere And, and markets you know the the trades want to see numbers every week in our industry we report numbers yearly we were up or we were down and that's it um, there, there have been several in the outdoor industry who have gone public and great people who had been with the company since, you know, the, the time they started are gone because their whole program was we made it by the end of the year and you don't. You got to make it every week. You got to have somebody to run it. You got to have and I'm not talking a CEO or a president. I'm talking a CFO. There's, you know, before a, an IPO is going to work, you got to have somebody there who understands the numbers and who can talk to Wall Street about why the numbers mean what, what they mean and where they're going with the numbers. Um, mm. And most of the outdoor industry don't have that. Most of the industry has, and cycling including that thing, the cycling in the world has accountants, you know, maybe not even um, CPAs. They're just people who can say, we had X number of dollars in sales and payroll was this much and our expenses were this much. And we made $9.66 this week. Um, mm. They got to have somebody who can say, you know, we're going to make X number of millions because and be able to nail it down and nail it to the wall. And that's hard to find in the industry. So that means you have to go outside the industry. And those people come with big price tags. Well, the classic joke, and I'm, pretty sure I've, I've said this at least 10 times on the, the show over the 11 years. And that is, if you want to yeah, 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 get a small fortune um, in the bike industry, you start with a large one. Exactly. It exactly. kind of eats cash. Yeah. So it is a passion industry. And, and as long as people recognize that you can make money in this, this industry, but it's just not going to be IPO money. It's not going to be money that's going to please you know, corporate investors. 
the corporate investors have got to be looking at this as uh, a long-term thing, almost, I, I, I'm struggling here, but almost a charity case in that you are going to be sustaining something that's worthwhile. You are not going to be looking to making you know $10 billion out of this industry. And Rafa is a pretty good case in point, you know, with the Walmart, they, uh, they, they took that over and now, you know, they've they're, they're made a load of people redundant. And were they really looking at Rafa as, a, as something to make money out of? It, it, it beggars belief if they were, because, you know, the bike companies uh, are not incredibly profitable at yep. the end of the day. I mean, they look fantastic, but they're not profitable. They're not incredibly, they're profitable, but they're not incredibly profitable. And you need incredible profits to please corporate investors. You bet. Um, and you got to get over uh, 50, 20, 30 million in sales just to be able to get your RIO numbers to start to multiply. You know, bef- below that, they're one times. You know, after that, you get up high enough, then they start to become two, four, 10, or whatever. Um, and you talk about return on your investment. It took the investors in Black Diamond more than 20 years to get their money back. Now, they did quite well. Mm-hmm because it was an IPO, but since then it's been struggling because it's not a market made for Wall Street. But yeah, you invest in the outdoor industry, you invest in a bicycle chain, your money is gone for a long, long time. Now, Jim, um, at this point, I'd like to uh, break in and cut to a commercial. (laughs) And uh, here's David Bernstein to tell us about our longtime show sponsor. Hey, Carlton, thanks so much. And hi, everybody. It's David. And I am here. Well, you know why I'm here. I'm here to talk about our longtime loyal and fantastic sponsor, Jensen USA at jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. Remember, that's J-E-N-S-O-N usa.com. Now, what's Jensen USA? Well, if you don't know by now, you should. Jensenusa.com is the place where you're going to find all of the things that you need for your complete cycling lifestyle. Complete bikes, mountain bikes, road bikes, gravel grinders, everything in between, components, apparel, accessory, tools, shoes, really gifts, everything you can imagine that you would need for your cycling lifestyle. And we're not talking about off-branded stuff. We are talking about name brands that you know, love, and need for your cycling lifestyle. You're going to find those name brands at incredible low prices, and that's all going to be coupled with unparalleled customer service. If you haven't been to Jensen USA before, I urge you to do it right now and every time you need something for cycling because they're going to have it at great prices and you're going to be very, very satisfied with their customer service. Go ahead and check them out. That's at jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. Our thanks to Jensen USA for supporting the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast, and our thanks to you for supporting our sponsor, Jensen USA. All right, Carlton, back to you. Thanks, David. And I am back with Jim Moss on show 201 of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast. and. Uh, uh, Jim, you're going to be helping me out with some getting a few more regular guests for the show, yeah? Because you spoke to some people at at, at Interbike. Yeah, I uh, spoke to a lot of people about uh, what's going on. Um, I spoke to a couple of our old regulars, 
Um, and, you know, life gets in the way of the life you plan and, and uh, people get busy. Um, but um, I don't want to give any names yet until we get some firm commitments, probably. Uh, but yes, yeah, some some people here in the in the industry, both as tech people um, who can help me understand what everyone else is talking about, um, and media people. A um, couple company owners are interested in hopping on once in a while. So yeah, I'm I think in the near future we're going to get a, a brand new and exciting group of new voices you can hear on the podcast yeah that'd be very welcome thank you very much for for, for helping out there and i'll be reaching out to people as well it's quite sweet in that i'll go pedal backwards a little bit here in that when when the bike biz story came out saying you know i was going to pastures new etc uh, quite a few people uh, tweeted an email just saying but it's the spokesman uh, yeah. tables. it's like yes it's still going on that's that's completely separate uh, to all of that so it's very sweet that they were thinking about that now one of the guests who popped up on uh the show that you didn't listen to jim (laughs) rub that in guess i got my afternoon planned out for me (laughs) you have Uh, but everybody else of course listened to it uh and they would have heard of course uh, floyd landis uh was was actually on the show i believe you were on that episode jim i was yeah where so it was donna and me i think it was tim Obviously, David, it's about four or five of us, and we were quite quizzing, but I was quite rude to him when I played the tape back, um, I, and quite rightly so, um, uh, for you know his history, of course. But he's now got he's now writing himself some new history, so he yes. is in the news again. Is our uh, uh, favorite ex Mennonite? So what's he doing, Jim? What what? Why are we hearing from Floyd again? Well, Floyd's of Leadville, which, by the way, the building has a new paint job. Um, it sort of got Leadville a little shook up. If you've never been to Leadville, it's 10,000 foot up in the air, and it was started as a mining town, and they're still looking for holes in the ground some days. But it's it's a wonderful little town. Well, Floyd's and Leadville painted their building with stripes, and there's nothing in nothing in Leadville with stripes on it. So it's got the community a little shook up. But that's where they. But Leadville opened up their doors to say to Floyd's. Um, hey, we'd love to have your business here, and it's taking off. So the first what's thing the, that they've Jim, got what's he, what's he selling? You got to tell us what he's selling. CBD. I think that's it. It's it's the non get you high part of marijuana cannabis. Mm-hmm. It is the stuff that has all of a sudden jumped to the forefront as an anti-inflammatory pain relief um, medication. And he's- He's doing quite well with it because I read in the stories where he's, he's come back in the news, which we'll get onto in a second, in that he's employing quite a few. It's not just him and a few mates. This is this is a quite a big, probably one of the biggest employers in town by, by this. Oh, he's, he's doing well. He's, if he's not number one, he's number two. Uh, there's a mine just outside of town, Climax Mine, that probably employs a few more people. Um, a Molybdian mine. But yeah, Floyd's is, and, and they can't all be in, in Leadville. This Leadville's not that big. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and, and he's now also opening three shops to sell his uh, his products in Portland. Um, and and I, on a side note here, they had a booth <clears throat> at Interbike Demo and at the, um, the indoor part of the trade show. And on day one, they handed me the product to try because my knees were hurting me. We're standing around on asphalt. Mm-hmm. And I walked by, I put it on, walked by about an hour later and realized it had worked. <laughs> my knee pain had gone away. 
And I stood there in front of the booth with this stupid look on my face saying, crap, this stuff works. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, yeah, he's, they're going great guns. They want it. I keep, I keep giving them product ideas. I think they ought to put it in chamois cream. Um, <laughs> You know, might, for might slow you down a bit, <laughs> make you a nice ride, but it's gonna <laughs> if, it, if it slows me down, I'm just going to fall anymore. I'm just falling off the bike. So, so um, we're talking about how to lose lots of money in the bike industry. That's just by setting up a bike company. It sounds as though he's going to, if we if we fast forward to a couple of years, he's going to lose all his money here. One would think. I mean, he's putting well, a serious amount of his settlement cash that he got from the U.S. government into in effect a, a, a cycling development yes talk about a black hole mm. um and it, but you know what more power to the man mm -hmm. um he he's had his entire life turned upside down and he's come back and said yes i got money from the disaster that was called by professional bicycle racing uh it looks like it's going to be based in uh, canada for the time being it's going to be called floyd's and leadville um and it's going to be a junior team. Um, but, you know, right now we need it. Um, um, there have been several articles written in the last couple weeks about professional racing here in the United States and how it's suffering. And, and, yet, and you know, people go to, the, to watch the big tours and look for the Americans. And we don't have that many because we don't have, you know, the, the number of teams needed to really develop the riders we need. So, like, Jelly Belly, all those kind of teams disappeared. And this could potentially be something that uh, kind of takes young riders and makes them into, well, into Floyd Landis's who, who don't dope and Lloyd Armstrong who, who, who don't dope. So it's partly this, do you think it, it is to rub Lance Armstrong's nose into this? Because this is where he got the cash from. Right. The settlement with, with Lance Armstrong, um, his whistleblower lawsuit that mm. uh, finally when the government jumped in, started to go places. And then when Lance admitted that he'd done, had doped uh, the settlement, I think it was five, 1.1. Um, but it's going great guns. So I, you know, I, he's, he turned himself, he admitted it, he turned himself around and he's doing great things. More power to him. We wish him well. Do we, we do? We do. Yeah. Uh, now, I'm, Jim, I'm afraid that is all we have got time for, for a whole bunch of different reasons. Um, but thanks ever so much to, to people uh, for listening uh, to today. Uh, Jim has got, got his task for this afternoon to listen to show <laughs> 200. And thank you, of course, uh, to people who subscribe uh, to the show. Show notes, of course, as always, uh, can be found on the-spokesmen.com. Com. Uh, Jim, for, for what we should be doing each uh, episode, of course, is telling people where we can find uh, ourselves. I'll actually go first because I, I haven't changed. I, I wasn't on a bikeless.com email. I was always on uh, carltonreed at mac.com. And Twitter feed is the same at uh, carltonreed. So nothing really has changed there at all. Jim, how about you? Are we all the same? I'm always the same. Mm. Uh, Recreation.law at gmail.com. Twitter is recreationlaw, or my website is recreation-law.com. 
Fantastic. It's possible there could be another show next week. If a certain story, which I did uh, slightly give that to, to Jim before we started recording, if that hoves into view, then I will get that audio out there as a, some sort of spokesman special. But meanwhile, get out there and ride. <laughs>